The first lesson this morning comes to us from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving at his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And the epistle lesson this morning comes to us from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Listen to the word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hear ye all. Application having been made by certain members of the Presbyterian Church resident in Alligator, East Florida, for organization as a church, the Presbytery of Florida, at its meeting in Jacksonville, Florida, on April 18, 1856, appointed the Reverend D.J. Ald to organize the same. Whereupon, at a meeting held for that purpose in the Methodist Church on the 30th of May in 1856, after appropriate religious exercises, the following persons were presented and received into full membership by certificate. Martin Duby, Sarah Duby, James Baker, William Hagen. The following persons who were members of other churches but for satisfactory reasons, having no certificates, were received upon examination. William Jeffries, Mary Jeffries, the Williams family, Lucy McLeod. The church having thus organized, proceeded to the election of elder and clerk, whereupon Martin Duby was nominated and unanimously elected 
and signifying his acceptance, the ordination was fixed for the morrow morning after the sermon. After prayer, the meeting was adjourned. Signed, M.P. Doobie, Clerk of Session. He would remain clerk for two years. Mary Murdoch was the first new member to be received on June 1st, the next Sunday morning. Subsequently organized, the church purchased a block of land on which a sanctuary was to be built, and the Burger King now stands. Reverend Linnell supplied the church with preaching, although he was in ill health, until the first pastor was called, Reverend Henry C. Brown, who came in 1857. church was organized in the Methodist Church, and the Methodist Church riders, the circuit riders, made Alligator, East Florida, a preaching point since the 1820s. But they did not organize formally until 1854. We were not, or we were not only organized in the Methodist Church, but since the Methodist Church at that time had only services twice a month, we used their church the other two Sundays for our worship services until a church could be built. The Methodists did one other important thing for us. We were a small but mighty group with limited resources that we had not been able to purchase a communion set. So the First Methodist Church loaned us theirs until the First Presbyterian Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina sent us the beautiful set which we still have It was supplied to us as a wedding gift to the Reverend Lanau and Fanny Eccles, as Reverend Lanau told the minister of the Fayetteville Church of their having to borrow a communion service from the Methodists each time they had communion. So the Fayetteville minister said that he would take care of that, 
And soon thereafter, there was a beautiful communion service received in the mail. It was made of pewter and four layers of silver. Let us sing our next hymn, Faith of Our Fathers. and the Hagen family, another of our charter members, lived some 13 miles south of Lake City and drove his horse and buggy to church every Sunday. In 1868, he and others of his family who had moved to Florida helped organize the Mount Tabor Presbyterian Church, which is located about three miles east of what is now called Watermelon Park. Captain Andrew Brown Hagen became clerk of session. He was clerk of session for our church for over 30 years. From 1868 until he died in 1899, he was also a very prominent citizen of Lake City. I tell this story because Captain Hagen's wife, Lottie Hagen, kept the communion service. In those days, they did not leave the communion service in the church for fear that it might be stolen. Someone kept it in their house at all times. They washed and washed the communion set. They, they washed the communion tablecloth. They polished the silver and did anything else that was needed to be done before each communion, which was usually on the first Sunday of each quarter. Lottie Hagen kept the communion service in her care until she died in 1943. She joined our church in 1877, so she kept the communion service for 66 years. 
Clara Hagen, her daughter, then took this responsibility on when her mother died in 1943 and kept the service in her possession until her death in 1976, 33 years. Together, this mother and daughter kept the communion service, polished the communion service, ironed the communion cloths for over 99 years. 99 years. When Clara Hagen died, the communion service was stored in our fireproof vault as it sits today. Let us sing our next hymn. We can remain seated for this hymn. Montgomery was a Presbyterian minister in North Carolina during the 1850s and the early 1860s. The climate in North Carolina did not agree with him. And in the later part of the 1850s and the early 1860s, he would come to Florida every winter and stay for an indefinite period of time. Another prominent family, Washington Mackie Ives, speaks of going to hear Reverend Montgomery preach from his diary on Sunday, February 9th, 1861. I went to church this morning, which was the first time I had been in the Presbyterian church since it was plastered. Mr. Ives wrote, Mr. Montgomery is merely staying for his health. 
John Watt Montgomery officiated several times the communion services and moderated the session of First Presbyterian Church when it did not have a minister or when its minister was on its way. In fact, he served as the stated supply for the Presbyterian Church in Ocala for two weeks a month and spent two weeks a month in Lake City each month for a number of years. After the Civil War, John Watt Montgomery moved his family to Florida and somewhere on his journey from Savannah to Lake City. The conductor on the train, probably thinking that the preacher would be an easy mark, an easy take, told Reverend Montgomery that he would have to pay more for his luggage. When he refused, the conductor told him that he was going to put his luggage off at the next stop unless he paid up. When the pastor threatened to write the president of the railroad and report the conductor's attempted extortion, the conductor grabbed his beard, whereupon the pastor slugged him in the face, <laughs> knocking the conductor to the floor and straddling him. The pastor was getting ready to give him a good beating when the conductor gave up. He got up off the floor and went off very angry. Reverend Montgomery was sure that the conductor was going to get his pistol and he went to get his. But Mrs. Montgomery would not let him have his pistol. Instead of getting his pistol, the conductor disappeared for the rest of the trip, except when the train stopped to let passengers on or off. And by the time the train got to Lake City, the news of the fight had preceded them. Reverend Montgomery was then known in Lake City as the fighting parson. <laughs> Let us now sing our next hymn. John Watt Montgomery's grandson, Edwin, would become pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Lake City and serve from 1926 through 1966. Dr. Mott's son, Edwin, would serve as pastor from 1975 through 1992. Dr. Mott's son, James, would teach Sunday school and teach in the county for four generations. 
That would equate to roughly 155 years of service in addition to the service of John Watt Montgomery. Friends, the church has been blessed with 18 pastors and four associates. Numerous interim pastors, but it is not the pastors that make First Presbyterian Church in Lake City the church of 166 years. No. Jew, the congregation. The faithful people of God that continue the traditions by nine hungry Presbyterians that worshiped, learned, stayed true through a civil war, two world wars and numerous conflicts, through three pandemics, three church buildings, through a fire, they stayed together. You stayed together because you continue the traditions and yet focus on the future and build on that legacy. A legacy that is reflected in the very window that hangs in the back of our sanctuary. Yet today, the rose window from 1866. The peace that connects the past, the present, and the future so that we might remember the past and dream of the future and a great future that furthers the kingdom of God, the church that stands on top of the hill, the beacon to this community. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.